get your Bibles and turn uh, to Matthew uh, chapter 11, verse 12. I want to read a statement that Jesus made, and I want to talk to you about that. This has been on my heart for several weeks that we should have a discussion here from this passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12 says, And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. The kingdom of heaven suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. And I want to talk to you a little bit about this, because there's some, some things in this statement from Jesus that I believe will challenge us as believers to, uh, in our relationship with the Lord and in our pursuit of Him. We've already established today through worship, that, in our time of worship, that God is pursuing us. But it is necessary that we pursue Him. And it is helpful that we pursue Him. So in this passage of Scripture, there, there are two schools of thought. And I want to talk to you about dichotomies that you find in Scripture because there are a lot of them, to be quite honest. And the world, folks who, who don't have spiritual understanding of the Word of God, when they see a dichotomy in Scripture, they see conflict. Dichotomy does not particularly mean that things are in conflict. It means that the truth that is in that passage has layers in it. There are layers in, that, in this passage of Scripture, layers of truth. Jesus made the statement, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. He made this statement just after John the Baptist had been arrested. John the Baptist is in prison. Sitting in jail, sending message to Jesus. Hey, what's going on here? I'm, I'm under arrest. And so one school of thought on this passage of Scripture is that the kingdom of God is suffering opposition. How many understand that's true? That's not incorrect. The kingdom of God is suffering opposition. And uh, this observation is correct. The kingdom of God has always suffered opposition and continues to suffer opposition to this day by the enemy, by the world system, and by godless individuals. We know this is true because the word says this. In this life, Jesus said in, in John chapter 16, in this life you will have trouble. He also said it's the thief who comes to kill and steal and destroy. How many understand that's opposition? Anybody have a little bit of opposition now and then? Anybody walking with God ever have a little bit of opposition? 
It's because the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. He said, he said in this life you'll have trouble, but don't be afraid I've overcome. In other words, if I've overcome, you can overcome. First Peter chapter 5 says, For your adversary the devil goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Opposition. Ephesians 6 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against rulers of uh, darkness of, of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. How many understand that to walk with God, there may be a little bit of opposition? I mean, the, the scriptures seem to make it clear. So, so we can understand that to take the position that in this passage, when Jesus said the kingdom of God suffers violence, and the violent take it by force, that it, that it may be very appropriate to determine that there is an opposition to the kingdom of God, and there are those in the earth that are used of the enemy to, to bring uh, opposition to the kingdom of God, that the kingdom of God is suffering opposition. That's not an inappropriate position to take on the passage however when jesus if you read this 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 passage in entirety and we're not going to do that this morning jesus follows his statement by speaking correction on the cities who had seen his miracles and were not motivated toward god by what they had seen and heard how many of us are so used to the good things of god that it no longer motivates us toward him we get so comfortable with the anointing that we think that the correct response to the anointing is, oh, that was a good service. Oh, that was a good time in God. I'm so blessed. I'm so strengthened. I'm so unchanged. Oh. He followed this statement... Uh, and began to speak correction over the cities. They had seen his miracles, they had heard his preaching, but they were no, no more motivated toward God than if they had not seen them at all. Since he was correcting those who had opportunity to see and possess the kingdom, the context would then be that the kingdom of God suffers violence and those who possess it do it with comparable determination. The kingdom suffers violence, and the violent take it by force. Are you determined to take hold of the things of God? Are you determined to take hold of the things of God? I believe that is also a correct assessment of the truths that are layered in that statement because we see Jesus go from talking about the kingdom suffering violence in response to John's arrest to talking about people who should be responding to the truth of the gospel and to, to the preaching and to the miracles and to the signs and the wonders that are displayed in their midst. The things we see God do should motivate us toward him. When you see God do something great, that should motivate you to want what he has.
that should motivate you to desire the deep things of God. But his miracles in those cities did not motivate him, did not motivate them to be moved toward him. He pointed that out. We know this is also true because the scriptures say things like in Luke chapter 13, strive to enter the narrow gate. Strive, in other words, make an effort. That's what I tell my boys when I tell them to clean their room. No, put your heart into the assignment. Make an effort. So the word says to us as believers, strive to enter. Strive to enter. Don't be uh, the, the, God, the, the generation who just looked over into the things of God and said, oh, God is good. Isn't that neat? There's some really great things in God out there. You see, that's what the children of that first generation in the desert did. They looked into the promised land and they said, oh, there's wonderful promises there. There's wonderful things there. But we're not going to possess it. We're not, we're not going to pursue it. To the point that God said, okay, fine, I will wait until your children are willing to pursue it. Don't be someone who waits and, and lets your children pursue what belongs to you. Don't let the next generation pursue and possess what belongs to you. Pursue it and possess it. Let them go after what belongs to them. But you now pursue and possess the things that are in God that belong to you. Amen? Come on. In Matthew chapter 13, the scripture tells us that the kingdom of God is like a merchant who sought after a valuable pearl, and when he found it, he sold everything he had to possess it. The kingdom of God is like a great possession that you see and you find and you think, I must have that, even if it costs me everything to obtain it. Sounds like there's a determination associated with pursuing and achieving the kingdom of God. Matthew chapter 5 says, Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Those who hunger and thirst, those who pursue, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness shall be filled. Matthew chapter 6 said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all this other stuff. You know, set a good priority. Set a good priority in terms of the things of the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the things of the Lord. Put, put that, at, in fact, I had, I had a really uh, interesting conversation with God one time because I was making my uh, list of priorities in life and and, and like any uh, good religious person would do, I put God at the top of the list. And he said, what am I doing on your list? And I said, well, you're at the top of it. And the Lord, the, the Holy Spirit said to me, what am I doing on your list? I'm above your list. I am everything to you. I'm above your list. What am I doing on your list? Good correction from the Lord. 
The Lord talks to me that way. He may not talk to you that way. I don't know, but he, he talks to me that way. He and I have a relationship that allows him to be stern and direct. In uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, the verse says this. The ver- verse 10 says, Wherefore, brethren, give diligence <clears throat> to make your calling and election sure. To make your relationship with me sure. Give diligence. For if you do these things, you will never fall. And entrance will be ministered to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I believe if the scripture says, give diligence, effort, intention, give diligence to the pursuit of me. This is what God is saying to us. The scripture helps us to understand from all the way back in the Garden of Eden to now that God has been pursuing his creation. In in the Garden, he goes after them when they messed up. God didn't hide from them. They were hiding from him. He pursued them. We have watched, if you look at scripture throughout the generations, all you see is the pursuit of God after those who he created in his image. He's continually pursuing us. So then he says to us, give diligence to your pursuit of me. Be intentional. Be purposeful. Be determined to pursue me. Luke chapter 16 says, the law and the prophets were until John. But since that time, listen to this, listen, I think you ought to memorize this. The kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. Pressing. Did you you hear that word? The kingdom of God. kingdom of God has been preached. And because of the preaching of the word of God, it should create in us a press into the things of God. I want to challenge you that the generation has passed who, was, who were waiting on God to do something. And that we now, in our generation, must be those who are determined that we are not waiting on God to do one more thing. He has done what He needs to do, and we need to be in pursuit of Him. That doesn't mean that He'll stop doing. God loves to show off. He loves to do great things in the midst of his people. He loves to show his love for us. He loves to show uh, that, that he loves the people of the earth. He loves to show that he is desirous of people who are created in his image. He loves to show us his care and his concern. But the preaching of the kingdom of God produces 
in us or should produce in us a desire to press into it. To press into the fullness of the things of God. There are deep things of God that He has for you. And I, I continually remind you that the, the mysteries of the kingdom of God, that the things that are hidden, are hidden not from you, but hidden there for you. They're hidden for you to dig out just like that, that pearl uh, that, that, that the, the Bible says that that gentleman found. And, and, and the scripture says that when he found it, he determined that he must have it and he sold everything he had to get it. We have found in Christ, we have found in the kingdom of God that pearl of great price, that great possession and we must determine that we are going to pour ourselves out. Everything that we are to pursue Him, to receive of Him. So from these things that we've read today, we, I really draw three conclusions. And I want to give you those conclusions this morning. And then we're going to have a little celebration in a minute. We can conclude three things from this. First of all, the kingdom of God always, listen, listen to this folks, the kingdom of God always advances in an environment of conflict. The kingdom of God, I, I said always, I should say only, advances in an environment of conflict. Now listen, this, this, will, this will help mature you in your walk with God if you will receive this and understand it. The kingdom of God advances in an environment of conflict. There's a conflict related to the kingdom of God in the earth. How many understand the world system and the kingdom of God do not exactly match and do not exactly get along? then there is a conflict in the advancement of the kingdom of God within the church. And the reason that there is conflict in the advancement of the kingdom of God within the church is because the enemy is so afraid that you, the church, will advance. He's absolutely fearful that you will actually discover that God loves you and that God poured his Holy Spirit in you and that God wants to achieve something great in the earth through you. He's so afraid you'll figure that out. Yeah, we will. The enemy is absolutely afraid that you will come to the conclusion that in the mind of God, you are all that. And that you will humble yourself before him and let him raise you up to be who he called you to be in the earth. I'm telling you. The enemy's afraid of that. So it creates conflict in the church because he wants to do all he can to cause the church to have an inability to advance. But the church always advances best under pressure. Read the Bible. The church's greatest days of expansion were under pressure. Oh, I don't want to preach on that yet 
And then the kingdom of God always advances in an environment of conflict, uh, conflict within the individual. Because we come to the Lord and he, he seals us unto him. The Bible says the Holy Spirit is the seal that God has received us. And he stamps his seal of approval over you. And your spirit is connected to God, spirit to spirit. And then you have that body that is dying, the Bible says. How many understand that? That's really fun. And then you have that mind and that will and that emotions, that old man that doesn't want to die. And the enemy comes in there and tries to keep that guy alive and creates within your own mind conflict that, that is only overcome by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. So the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of God to advance in you, for the kingdom of God to advance in me, there is always internal conflict. Wait, wait, you're the pastor? You have internal conflict? Yeah! I didn't cease to have internal conflict because I became pastor. I just get to example inter, inter, internal conflict for you. This is, what, how, this is how you walk through that internal conflict and overcome. I get to help equip you to overcome that stuff. That's what the, the, the life of the church is all about. Helping believers who are, who are in and participating and rooted in the church to learn to overcome through that internal conflict that the, because the enemy does not want you to advance in the kingdom and he certainly doesn't want the kingdom of God to advance in you. Oh my, he's afraid the kingdom of God will be released through you. So fearful that the kingdom of God will be released through you. The other thing that we learn from this is there are always individuals who are used of the enemy to bring restriction to the kingdom of God. Individuals who oppose righteousness. Individuals who oppose the kingdom of God. Individuals who oppose followers of God. There are people in the earth who oppose what the church is here to do. They're being used of the enemy to do so. And we know that because the Bible says, let me remind you, our fight is not against flesh and blood. We shouldn't be surprised when people who don't know God act like they don't know God. <laughs> Why does that surprise us? How could that guy lie about me? How could that guy steal from me? How could that guy take shots at me when he drives down the street? He doesn't know God. He can't act like he knows God because he doesn't know God. Right? We shouldn't be caught off guard by that, and we shouldn't expect people who don't know God to behave like they do. Much of the unhappiness that exists in the world, between the world and the church, exists because the church has expected the world to act like they know God. That's another soapbox for another day. I could preach on that right there. I could just preach on that, but I won't. 
And the other thing that we learn from this is there are those who enter the kingdom of God through force. Some of the best entrance that we have to the kingdom of God is through that of determination. In other words, devil, you are not keeping me from the things of the kingdom. You aren't going to do it. There came a day in my life where I had to decide, I'm moving into the deep things of God. I care, could care less what the cost is. I've counted the cost. I'm going in. Determination. So I looked at, looked at Laura and I actually had a little discussion about this uh, yesterday. The, the definition of violence is intense force as to destroy. In this case, intense force to destroy any restriction that would keep you from entering. I'm going to destroy anything that would t- attempt to restrict me from entering into the fullness of the things of God. I'm putting my foot on it. You aren't keeping me from getting out of the Lord what I need from Him. Come on. Are you here? And then I looked at force. The noun is strength or energy as an attribute of physical action or movement. Strength or energy related to movement. The verb is to make a way through or into by physical strength. To break open by force. You can break the kingdom open through a determined decision. I'm going into the fullness of God. I'm not halfway about it. I'm not going halfway. I'm not making decisions halfway. I'm all in. I'm going to talk to you in just a few minutes with a visual example of being all in. I'm going to give you, how how about a, uh, sermon by example. You guys like that? I'm going to give you an example of being all in in just a minute. The way to possess the kingdom of God is intentional, determined energy. Deliberate movement to break open by force. I love determined people. In fact, I'm not too keen on weak and wimpy. Anybody like Wimpy? Oh, I better be careful. Somebody said, why? It's time to say, I'm not going to be where I am three months from now. We've determined that we're going to build up the inner man. We've got to determine right now, three months from now, my spiritual walk is not going to look like it looks today. It's not bad today. It's better than it was a year ago. But three months from now, it's not going to look like it does right now. It's going to be better. 
It's time for us to determine I'm not going to be where I am in God a year from now. I'm going to be further down the road. I'm going to do whatever I need to do. I'm going to be a disciple. I'm going to go get help. I'm going to seek some counsel. I'm going to get in the Word. I'm going to learn to pray 6 o'clock on Sunday nights. I'm going to quit fighting against being spirit-filled and I'm going to learn to speak the words of God. I'm going to get released in my spiritual gifts. I'm going to move from where I am now and I'm going to go into the deep things of God. I'm not going to be discouraged. I'm not going to be distracted. I'm not going to be disengaged. I'm going to be deliberate. I'm going to be determined. I'm going to be decisive and I'm going to be discipled. I was writing that on my notes, and I said, that's a lot of Ds. God has called us. I don't, I don't, violence is not a word that I like. Not my favorite word. But when you put it in correct biblical context, kingdom of God suffers violence. In other words, the enemy is pretty determined that he doesn't want you to get to where you need to be. When he considers you, and listen, don't kid yourself, he's, the enemy's thinking about you. Because you go to putting on the armor of God and standing up with the sword of the Spirit and opening up your mouth and beginning to declare and to move and to produce out of the kingdom of God, you start upsetting his plans. So I'm telling you, he's thinking about you. I won't scare you or anything because greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. That shouldn't bother you that it's in kind of... Sometimes it just jazzes me. Because when I go to overcoming, I want to be the guy. At least one of the guys. Who in the morning when the sun comes up and I open my eyes, that there is a meeting in hell. He's up! I would much rather be the guy who has the devil on the run than the guy who's running from the devil. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So it's time for us to say, I'm going to move forward in the next three months. I'm going to move move forward in the next six months. I'm going to move forward over the course of the next year. I'm not going to be discouraged or distracted. I'm not going to, I am not, you know what? There's so many, there are believers all over this nation who are completely disengaged from their relationship with God. We need to determine, I'm not going to be disengaged. I'm going to be deliberate. I'm going to be determined. I'm going to be decisive. I'm going to be discipled. Let's pray for a minute. Father, we thank you for what the Word has told us today. 
We thank you. For people in the kingdom of God who will make a determination to be who you designed them to be. To achieve what you called them to achieve. To bear fruit in the kingdom. We give you praise for that.